Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work stemming all the way back to 1996 at that website. That's Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. The BFG is today's film that I'm going to be reviewing. It is a fantasy adventure directed by Steven Spielberg. It's PG rated for action, peril, some scary moments, and brief rude humor. The runtime is an hour and 57 minutes. The cast includes Mark Rylance, Ruby Barnhill, Jermaine Clement, Penelope Wilton, Rebecca Hall, Rafe Spall, and Bill Hader. Clement, Hader, and specifically, I guess, Mark Rylance are doing mostly motion capture performances here, as well as vocal work. The screenplay is by Melissa Matheson, and it's based on the book by Roald Dahl. The BFG is set in London, where we find a clever but fairly unhappy insomnia-afflicted orphan named Sophie, who wakes up in the middle of the evening and sees something outside the orphanage window. She investigates and soon discovers a giant man about 24 feet tall or so, skulking around the neighborhood outside, and that causes her to go into a panic, understandably. The giant grabs her and steals her away to protect his further discovery from others. He takes the girl to his home in a nearby realm known as Giant Country, which is this uncharted land that's mostly undiscovered by humans. Very soon, Sophie discovers that this giant is a much more gentle being than his size and demeanor would initially lead you to believe, especially when compared to the nine much larger bullying brutes that also inhabit giant country. Giants typically live to feast on beans, a.k.a. human beings, unlike her vegetarian protector that she ends up dubbing the BFG, known as Big Friendly Giant. She begins to learn all about this curious realm and the BFG's eccentric ways, which includes his amazing ability to capture and control dreams that he's been using to try to bring joy to the children of the human town Sophie hails from. As I mentioned, the BFG is directed by Steven Spielberg. He hooks up here with his Bridge of Spies supporting actor, Mark Rylance, who ended up winning an Oscar for his performance there. Spielberg also is collaborating with someone else from his past, the late Melissa Matheson, who unfortunately passed late last year. And this is her final produced screenplay. She wrote Spielberg's similarly themed, beloved child adventure known as E.T., The Extraterrestrial, and they are all collaborating for this adaptation of another beloved work, Roald Dahl's children's book of the same name. While other Roald Dahl adaptations generally celebrate the surreal nature of his stories and also accentuate a lot of his dark humor, Steven Spielberg chooses to concentrate more on the undercurrent of Dahl's sentimentality. Spielberg here is conforming it to his own sense of childlike wonder and discovery that he's brought into so many of his films, as well as his themes of finding bonds of friendship and family in unlikely places. As such, the BFG is a film that's as sweet and friendly as the character that's alluded to in the title. It's more in keeping with the Disney name. Regardless of that, a little more darkness in the conflicts within the BFG perhaps could have made the lightness and mirth shine that much brighter because of the contrast, but that's not what we get here. I do think that the BFG benefits from pretty strong character performances. There's an especially endearing take by Mark Rylance as the titular giant. You know, a lot of people have compared what he looks like to such people as I've read George W. Bush or Ryan Stiles or Larry David. I mean, 
To, to me, I thought he looked like a mix of Liam Neeson and perhaps Seinfeld's Kramer. Well, Rylance, he offers here a lot of subtle facial expressions that I think are perfectly captured. I don't know if that was done by CG after the fact or if that was just part of some very sophisticated performance capture animation. You know, a great deal of CG work is done here to create the look and size of his character. All of the giants are brought to life through that performance capture technology. Sometimes it looks like it's processing, perhaps even over-processing, especially when you combine live-action actors with the CG characters, like when the giant is holding Sophie in his hands, you can start to see it jitter a little bit, just very subtly, but it's there, and it kind of takes you out of the moment. Rylance here is playing the BFG not only for the comedy, you know, he uses a multitudinous malapropisms throughout his entire speech, which can be challenging, I think, for kids who are trying to understand what he's saying, and maybe even adults have a challenge as well. But there's also a sense of sadness and loneliness to his character. He's kind of the introverted runt of the giants, and he's unable to conform to the brutish ways of his brethren. And he's also unable to make the friends that he wants in life because the human children that he encounters and who he takes to, their lives are instantly in danger. So the presumption is that the giants will capture and eat any of the children that he brings to his house or he's going to have to shoo them away in order to save them. And then he becomes lonely and despairs yet again. Ruby Barnhill, she's the film's most prominent live-action actor. She's also quite well cast as this precocious girl named Sophie. She's a spirited and brave young girl who does not conform to the stereotypes of her gender for this film. You know, this essentially is Steven Spielberg's very first female main protagonist. So that's kind of new and novel, at least in his filmography. It's interesting also to note that the film's assertions of women as strong and independent leaders culminates in a climax that involves none other than the Queen of England, who somehow, at least in Dahl's world, has autocratic powers, despite the film being set, I guess it's in the 1980s, because she ends up speaking on the phone to somebody named Ron and Nancy. I assume those are meant to be the Reagans, who were the presidential couple in the White House in 1982, when Roald Dahl's book was first published. By contrast to the independence and the leadership skills of the female characters, the overt masculinity in the form of these barbarous, brutish, carnivorous giants is seen as destructive, especially when you compare it to the BFG's vegetarian poet who has this love and curiosity for all forms of life. I think the only thing that he butchers in life, besides snozcumbers, these giant vegetables that he eats that are supposedly very hard on the nose, is the English language itself. You know, this is a film that suggests that living in harmony and tranquility are things that we should admire, not only in humans, but specifically in men, in masculine figures, instead of things like violence and destruction, which is something that the giants seem to value and they deride the BFG for not possessing. It's kind of interesting in this land of giants and giant country, there are no female characters at all. It's just all masculinity on display left to their own devices. They don't learn how to do basic things. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to build a home for themselves. They 
have to hunt for their next meal and eat it raw and they sleep out in open fields. So there are a lot of themes involving gender that are worth exploring for people who are interested in such subjects. I think that it will probably go over the head of just about every child who watches this. Nevertheless, the BFG is a tale of halves. The first half of the film sets up the relationship between the young girl and the awkward giant. The second half puts them on their first big adventure together. In the second half, they seek help in the human world to try to rectify the situation in BFG's land, in giant country. As Steven Spielberg has chosen to tell his tale in a decidedly leisurely, less dramatic fashion, the pace of the film is slow. Some viewers might even qualify it as sluggish, maybe even just boring, but I do think that the movie, if you stick with it, begins to coalesce a bit in terms of its tempo once Sophie and the BFG decide to take charge of their dangerous predicament and come up with solutions through their own ingenuity. Unfortunately, some viewers, particularly young ones who will find it challenging to pay attention to even fast-paced children's fare, may check out of the film by the midway point. Maybe there are a couple of scenes involving flatulence that might keep their interest, but then it'll start to wane again. And, and that's kind of too bad for the movie because I do think that the second half gives you a lot of the things you probably are interested in going in. The thread of the film in which Sophie could be eaten alive by any one of these thuggish giants is very understated, so I do think that it will likely not be too scary for children. I don't think that most children will perceive that this is a story that would actually go there because of the way that Spielberg has chosen to tell a story. I think that Spielberg would rather explore poignant moments such as BFG's previous history in not being able to protect his human friends from harm instead of emphasizing just how horrible that harm might be if it ever comes to realization. Certainly he had the opportunity to showcase how ugly things could be if the giants of giant country ever got their way and certainly he could have had a flashback here to one of BFG's former friends and that child's demise. That would have definitely made a lot of kids afraid afraid of these giants who end up merely coming across as very comical, even though they're actually seeking to snuff out Sophie's life. You know, Spielberg has decided to play a lighter hand here than he might normally play, which is saying quite a bit considering how light some of his films can be. Even the horrors of the nature of such things as nightmares are kept safely away from Sophie's dreamscape by the BFG. You know, scary thoughts and scary realities abound, but they always seem to be in the outskirts of the main heart of the story. They're often the distance to the core of Spielberg's themes, which are built on providing a very safe and comfortable place for children to take in this story. He wants to be more inclusive and not scare too much. So if I can deviate just a moment here, I, I do want to let you know that the BFG is being released in both 2D and 3D formats, as with a lot of wide-release family films. While I'm not a proponent of 3D screenings of films, I will say that the 2D version of the film, which is the version that I saw, is a bit challenging in trying to determine the size of whatever objects are on the screen, at least the way that it's shot. The camera moves here and there, but it's only when one of the characters picks up an item where we can see if it's something that's meant for humans in size or the BFG or one of the larger giants. So when you have uh, human-type characters, I'm calling the giants human here for the purpose of this comparison, when you have 
three different sizes and they're all kind of inhabiting the same space and you have all of these objects in the foreground and background, it's really hard to tell just how large those things are in a 2D format. So I cannot vouch because I haven't seen it how well this is handled in three dimensions. I would guess that 3D will help with some of these issues of scope especially during sequences in which Sophie ends up scurrying about the Bee of Cheese abode, trying to find places to hide from these hungry giant bullies who smell her delicious scent in the air. Anyway, getting back to the review, in summation, I do think that the BFG is a rarity in this age of very frenetic, neon-colored kids' films that have oodles of salty rudeness and a lot of pop culture references. You know, this is not that kind of film. This is a very old-fashioned kind of children's story. Even though it's getting a wide release, you have Spielberg's name on it, you have Disney's name on it, I would caution people going into this expecting a fun-filled fantasy adventure. This is a film, I think, that's not unlike its giant protagonist. It's very pensive, it's very kind-hearted in its approach, it's occasionally insightful, and just like the BFG, it's easy to misinterpret except by those who have the patience and the perceptiveness to relate to it on some level. As such, I do think that the BFG will likely miss the broader audiences of those looking for that fun, all-ages adventure. But I do think that it will end up finding a more warm reception among those viewers who can slow down their attentive pace to take in those subtle details of the story and those richer characterizations. I guess what I mean to say that the BFG is slow, perhaps too slow for most modern audiences, but I do think that those who don't mind a slow and deliberate film will be rewarded. So I'm giving the BFG three stars out of four, and three stars on my scale means that I do think that it is worthwhile for people who like this genre of films. By genre, I guess I should not say anybody who likes fantasy will like this, or anybody who likes adventure will like this, but I think that it's important to like those, but I do think that also you have to like a little bit of old-fashioned storytelling, a little bit more whimsy and a little bit less snarky. So if that is something that you think might appeal to you, then I definitely think that this is worthwhile viewing. If slow and subtle is not your speed, then I would probably say you should probably look elsewhere. This is a film, I think it's going to struggle to find an audience, even though they put, you know, maybe $140 million into making this movie. I don't think it's going to make that back, at least not in the United States. You have Finding Dory still going very strong in theaters at the time this is being released. You're only a few days away from the secret life of pets. You know, there's a lot here for the family-going dollar that is definitely going to appeal much more to broad audiences, and I feel that this one's going to get crushed in the tidal wave of those bigger, flashier films. It might take a decade, it might take two, before it gets evaluated as perhaps a classic of its type, or maybe it's forgotten forever. I don't know that it any Spielberg film ever will be, considering how big of a name he is and how analyzed his films will be once it's all said and done. But for now, three stars is what I'm giving the BFG, recommended with some reservations for most people. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, I encourage you to check out all of my other reviews. I have over 260 now podcast episodes for you to listen to, covering pretty much every major release over the last year and a few months now. Also, if you want to go back 20 years, I have over 3,800 written reviews, and you can read all of my reviews of many, many Steven Spielberg films, Disney films, and other Roald Dahl adaptations. You can read them all at my website, Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net.